like to welcome you all to the Grade A Movies podcast. GradeAMovies.com is a website that is the uh, product of the writing of Adam Austin and Alec Toombs. They are the two people that are featured on this podcast. I'm the host, Larry Land, and I do some um, Arts and Fishers podcasts on my LarryandFishers.com website. And so we all do some film criticism. We all love films and movies. So, uh, Alec, uh, welcome back. Good to see you again. Good to see you, Larry. Good to see you, Adam. Adam is with us, too. Uh, same to you, Adam. Good to see you, Larry. And here we go. We are going to do a couple of things. Uh, we're going to talk about the best films of 2020. I'm a little behind the curve on that, so I'll have a top five of the ones I've seen. And there are some movies that uh, the other two have seen. <laughs> and we had a visitor, by the way. <laughs> if you're on the video, not the audio, we did have a little visitor, which is fine. Wasn't a dog like Alec had a dog visitor here last time. So, Oh, we have the dog still? There it is. Okay, so we will, uh, to get back to business here, we're going to talk about our top films of the ones we have seen. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing a lot like Nomadland and some others. Uh, and we'll talk about some of the films coming up in 2021 that we know we'll, we'll be seeing at some point. But uh, I'm going to start off with this. I don't think there's any way we could uh, talk about anything during this week and not uh, refer to this. So I'm going to ask uh, Alec to start we all saw what happened January 6th at the Capitol building in Washington, D.C. So the question I would ask you is, who would you project will be the writer and director of the film, the first film to come out about January 6th? Um, who's the guy who said the female G-spot was a myth who just started his own production company, the, the conservative pundit? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Well, that may be one he coming out. It. Yeah, I'm sorry, go ahead. What's sorry? That? What's that, Adam? I know Steve Bannon had a Hollywood film career. It's not no, him. No, right? no, uh, Ben, Ben Shapiro. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's probably going to make the crappy version of the movie, in my opinion. Uh, probably only as a producer, not as a, a writer director, because he's not that talented. So, Adam, um, so, so, what do you think in terms of the mainstream Hollywood types? Do you think there's anybody cut out to do this? I mean, you know, I would think a man like, for instance, Robert Redford might want to get involved in something like this. Uh, I, Sorkin I, might be interesting after the uh, Chicago 7 movie from last year. Um, I'd honestly be much more interested in seeing a movie about Stacey Abrams and the Georgia runoff election. I think Alan, that would be you, you don't think Michael Bay would do this? Um... No, probably not. There's not enough explosions. <laughs> you could, you thank thank God. <laughs> oh, that's a good one, Alex. I think it would be Ari Aster, the director who did Hereditary and Midsummer. That's, that's an uh, interesting. You know, he's really good at making terrifying films, uh, and I think uh, this was a, a terrifying time for our country. Uh, everyone should be ashamed of what happened. Um, Basically, I went on a long, unfriending, unfollow block streak. You know, there's some things we can agree to disagree on. This isn't one of them. So, uh, yeah, it was terrible for our country. Uh, shocked that it happened. Uh, I, I don't know how it happened. Uh, this, I guess the security at Nick's at IU where they check your IDs thoroughly is tougher than the Capitol. Well, uh, I, I saw me. Okay, I, I've been to the Capitol many times. I I did a 
some lobbying for a nonprofit group, and they would send me there every year for several years. And the thing I remember about the office buildings, and it's true at the Capitol building too, is that they had, you know, two, usually two or three, maybe four guards at each entrance, and uh, they had a magnetometer. You had to go through and all that. But if you had a horde of people pushing themselves in, and they weren't prepared for it. I can see how that, you know, there might be security there, but it wasn't enough to hold off the horde. Uh, so I think yeah. it, this is why the uh, the sergeant at arms for the House and the Senate have both uh, resigned. And the head of the Capitol Police, I think, is resigning on the 16th of this month. So there, you know, there was. I just, cl- I just wonder how they would have handled it if it wasn't a bunch of white rednecks and instead was. Um, People of color. It would have been uh, a bloodbath. Yeah. Um, Undoubtedly. So, you know, we don't want to bring people down. We're supposed to talk about movies and things. It's hard to ignore this, though. So Yeah, and I, and I think that, uh, I'm, to be a little bit optimistic, you know, this is the kind of thing that wakes everybody up. And it's like, okay, we've got some issues here, and maybe people will pay more attention and that we can turn this around. We've still got some people who think the way the people – who went into the Capitol building think, but they are not reflective of all of America. So uh, we have a new president coming in. We'll have some changes in the Congress. I don't know if that'll make a difference or not. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. But, uh, you know, we shall see. So I, I, what I'm hearing you say, I, I actually wonder if Robert De Niro would get involved either as a producer or maybe he would play a, or, a part. Or maybe of, Alex's favorite director, Todd Phillips, would do uh, kind of his follow-up to Joker. With uh, with this one, I like Todd Phillips's comedies. I just don't like Joker very well. <laughs> well, I guess you could maybe put the Joker into this story somehow. I don't know. Yeah, but it's the way some of those people were dressed. All right, so so we don't have any consensus on, <laughs> on who would write or direct this film, but I would expect in the next two to three years we'll see a major Hollywood production. And Alec, I'm, I think the right wing media who do have their own movie industry will probably put something out for their yeah, their ben, folks. Ben Shapiro or Dinesh D'Souza, one of those knuckleheads will probably do something. Well, uh, yeah, D'Souza has had many films that he's brought out. And as as Adam mentioned, you know, Steve Bannon has a, a background in, in film. So who knows? But I do think there'll be a film of some sort, probably more than one. And, you know, so much happened that day, you could just take a small slice of it. Starring and, Scott Baio, John Voight. <laughs> Kevin Sorbo. <laughs> Who else can we? Who else is in those that group? All right, I think uh, Stacy Stacy Dash. <laughs> Kevin Sorbo. She lit him up. It was hilarious. Who did? Lucy Lawless. Zena came at Hercules. Man, she she came at him hard. Well, good for her. Because... Proud of her. So you guys are framing this as a comedy. Well, I mean, <laughs> it's not. I'm just I'm just listing. You, if you wanted the, those uh, Fox and Friends guests that are from Hollywood, that's the best they've got. Stacy Dash, who I guess was in Clueless and not much else. He was uh, in Mo Money. If you ever saw Mo Money, <laughs> a lot of recent films. You're right, Alec. Uh, <laughs> okay, I think this, 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 uh, this discussion has firmly deteriorated to the point where we need to move on. I tried to. I, there's no serious answer to that, but I do think Hollywood's going to come up with something. Uh, it's just curious to see what it will be. We have no idea how it's going to go, but it will. There will be Hollywood will find a way, and, and 
maybe it'll end up being one of those doc, you know, those series on HBO or streaming services like Netflix. Who knows how it'll come out? But one way or the other, we're going to have some some entertainment industry attention on this. Do you okay. think people will want to watch movies about things that happened in 2021, or do you think we'll or 2020 <laughs> or 2020? I'm sorry. You know, you're right. Things that happened in 2020, or do you think we're all going to want to forget about? Like me personally, if you're like, hey, 10 years from now, hey, do you want to watch a documentary about uh, people in lockdown wearing masks? And I'm like, no, I I want to forget that that ever happened. <laughs> There's a movie coming out next week about uh, it's called Lockdown with uh, Chiwetel Ejiofor and Anne Hathaway. Doug Lyman directed it. It was shot during quarantine. And it's about them like robbing Herod's in London for a diamond during quarantine. I think this will be a lot like Vietnam War. I mean, I've lived through that. It was my formative years. You know, it started when I was in high school. See, there were years where there were no films or entertainment of any kind done about Vietnam because people had so many bad memories of it. But after a number of years, you know, we saw The Deer Hunter and some very good films that were uh, that were made about the Vietnam War. So I think this will be the same thing, whether it's the, the pandemic or the January 6th incident. Uh, a little time needs to pass, but eventually Hollywood will get into it. Any other uh, thoughts before we get to our best films? None. I see none. You're, you're not catching up a songbird, Larry? I think we need to move on here at the moment. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> all right, I don't know how you want to do this. I guess I'll start with Adam. Uh, Adam, how many favorite films do you have on your list, and how do you want to go about revealing them to us? So I've talked about most of these on the podcast, so I'll mostly say names, but um, I'm going to talk about a few of the favorite movies of 2020. Uh, I have not seen, no, I don't think anyone here has seen Nomadland uh, or um, Minari, two films that are frequently seeing on the best of lists. Uh, those aren't available yet. Uh, Pieces of a Woman has been praised by some, and uh, they say that uh, Vanessa Kirby will probably get a Best Actress nomination for it. That just dropped on Netflix. I haven't watched it yet, but I plan to. And uh, I do hope to see um, Promising Young Woman sometime soon. That right now is just in theaters. Um, Alec really liked it. I had We had some other colleagues who didn't care for it as much. But usually a good movie is going to divide people. Not everyone's going to feel the same way. Promising but, Young um, Woman will be available on VOD on the 15th, I believe. I might just wait till then if it's going to be so soon. Um, but some of my favorite movies of the year, just missing the cut, uh, films like Mank, which I did enjoy. Uh, I don't think it's best of the year. Uh, it's a little dry, but it's got beautiful cinematography. And so that just misses the cut for me. But um, I'm not like those who just hated the film. I, I appreciated it, enjoyed it. Um, also, On the Rocks, a nice Apple Plus uh, slight kind of comedy, nothing heavy about it, directed by Sofia Coppola. It's great to see her working with Bill Murray and Rashida Jones again. Um, that misses the cut, along with The Assistant, which we think about before. I, I liked it, but maybe not as much as others. And then, um, you know, things like comedies. Like I, I really liked Eurovision Song Tour, uh, the silly Will Ferrell movie that came out this year. I wasn't expecting much out of it, but it's got catchy songs and it was a lot of fun. It wasn't a great year for comedy, so that probably be one of my favorite comedies of the year. But with that kind of being lighter material, it didn't really reach my top 10. My top 10, I put in what we talked about before, um, never, rarely, sometimes, always at 10. 
The Five Bloods at nine. The Five Bloods, Spike Lee's movie. You haven't watched that yet. Uh, he's really, I think, bounced back since Black Klansman. Black Klansman was great. This one's not as good, but still very good. Um, there was a period of time where Spike Lee uh, was really down as a director. He kept remaking his same movies over and over again, almost like Woody Allen, who basically made Annie Hall and then remade Annie Hall 20 times. Um, Spike Lee was getting into that rut. and uh, But I think he's dug himself out of it. And uh, while overly long, The Five Bloods is worth a watch. First Cow I have at eight. Uh, that's uh, A24. It's 24, not 24, right? A24. I, yeah, A24 is yeah, him. Yeah, they're one of my favorite film studios. My brother actually got me a bunch of gifts from their online shop for Christmas. Um, this one is slower, but it's engaging. It's a, a period piece. Um, it is worth a watch. Uh, I suspect Minari will be better. I thought it was interesting that First Cow and Minari, A24s, 24s, both uh, awards picture things are films about agriculture with an Asian lead. So that's interesting that that's the route they've gone this year, but I hear they're both great. Uh, I really like First Cow. Another round I put um, in my seventh spot. Me and Larry talked about this one before. I think it was a down year for movies in general. I normally wouldn't put a film like this that high because I liked it. I didn't love it as much as others, but considering the other offerings, it, that's kind of where it's going. Um, Wolf Walkers, which we talked about before, beautifully animated Irish uh, film, uh, falls in at six. Five, I caught up recently with The Trial of Chicago 7. I know that both of you two were very high on this film. Um, at, I actually tried to watch it when it first came out, and after the first few minutes, I just couldn't get into it, and I must have done something else. I gave it another try and really found myself engaged. Aaron Sorkin is one of my favorite screenwriters. Uh, he really delivers. The only downside of the movie, it does border a little bit on hero worship. Um, these guys were absolutely wrong to uh, be uh, tried. They did not deserve the treatment they've got from the Justice Department. But I think Aaron Sorkin, he does sometimes play it a little thick sometimes, where he plays the characters as almost infallible. And it's like, all right, guys, like you can be on the right side of history and not be a, a, a perfect example. So I think he undercuts his argument a little bit there. Sound of Metal comes in at four. We talked about that before. Um, I thought it's a, a great film with great acting. Um, again, in another year, it may fall to the end of the top 10. But uh, this year, uh, one good performance, I think, was enough to elevate it. And then my top three are ones that I really love. And I've, I've raved about these films on the podcast, One Night in Miami, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, and Soul. I think they're all great films. Interestingly enough, Kemp Powers uh, was co-director and co-writer of Soul and then wrote the play and the screenplay for One Night in Miami. Uh, I think he's going to become a big force in movies. He'll probably win an Oscar for something this year. And uh, it's in, he's not a young guy. He's in his mid-40s. Uh, not that that's old, but um, this is his first breakthrough into film after just writing some episodes for Star Trek Discovery TV series. And uh, I think he's going to be a real force to deal with. And Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, we've talked about that before. Great acting. Uh, I did see, I was perusing predictions for Golden Globes and Oscars. 
And some of these films that I'm high on, they're not giving the same predictions. Ma Rainey, they're predicting acting nominations, but maybe not best director or best picture, which is surprising to me. Uh, Soul, they think, oh, is a shoe in to win uh, the Oscar for best animated feature, but they're not sure if it should win best, or even be nominated for best picture. I think that would be a slight if it wasn't nominated. And um, obviously Sound of Metal, Another Round, First Cow, they're, they're not getting the same kind of love when it comes to that. It seems like the Oscar buzz is uh, really around um, Nomadland and the trial of the Chicago 7. That's what I'm reading. So take that for what it is. Okay, great list. Uh, let me ask if uh, Alec is ready for uh, his best pictures of the year. Sure, I could do that. Um, I'll start with an honorable mention list like Adam did. Um, my honorable mention list would include uh, the aforementioned Sound of Metal, Mank, Guy Ritchie's The Gentleman, uh, Clark Duke's directorial debut Arkansas, the uh, short but not too short film Host that played as part of uh, Heartland Horror and is available right now on Shudder. Um, it, it was filmed during quarantine and takes place in London during a video conference where these women do a seance and it goes uh, awry. Very entertaining, a very vir- scary. A virtual seance, you say? A virtual seance. Okay. Um, Freaky, the Vince Vaughn, uh, Catherine Newton body swap movie would also make my honorable mention list. Uh, Adam's favorite, Soul, would be on my honorable mention list. Uh, Birds of Prey, the uh, Margot Robbie-led DC uh, feminist comic book film, makes my honorable mention list. Uh, the Blumhouse political satire slash horror film, The Hunt, would be on my honorable mention list. And uh, last but not least, for for the honorable mentions, uh, Spike Lee's The Five Bloods. Um. My top 10, starting at 10, would be The Painted Bird. It's a black and white film uh, from a Czech filmmaker. Uh, I don't remember the gentleman's name off the top of my head. Uh, it does co-star some names that we're familiar with. Harvey Keitel is in it. Uh, Udo Kier is in it. Um, some other folks as well. But uh, very powerful film. One of the most disturbing films I've seen in a very long time. It's about a young Jewish boy uh, hiding during the Holocaust and the different homes and situations he finds himself in uh just found it really powerful my number nine would be ma rainey's black bottom i was uh incredibly impressed by chadwick boseman in the movie i thought he was so good in the movie that he outshone uh viola davis who i think is one of our best actresses just a a really powerful performance and uh makes me sad to see him be that good in his last movie because i know we're not going to get anything else from him um, my number eight is a movie called Synchronic uh, from the indie horror duo Benson and uh, sorry, I gotta look this uh, Moorhead and Benson, starring Anthony Mackie and Jamie Dornan. Uh, it was filmed in New Orleans. I just found it very moving. I found the concept interesting. It's, it should be out on disc later this month. I would recommend people see it if they haven't gotten a chance. Uh, my number seven, Palm Springs. It's a Hulu movie starring Andy Samberg and uh, Kristen Milioti. Found it really funny. Found it really moving. The sci-fi works in it. Thought it was an awesome movie. Uh, number six, The Old Guard. It's a Gina Price Blythewood's superhero movie starring Charlize Theron. Uh, found it to be action-packed, 
but also very woke at the same time. It's interesting seeing a, a romance in a mainstream movie and the romance being between two gay men and them having so much feeling and love for these characters. It's kind of refreshing. Um, my number five, and this makes me an outlier here, is uh, Pixar's Onward. I, uh, I preferred Onward to Soul. It uh, was right in my emotional wheelhouse, dealing with relationships between fathers and sons and brothers. So uh, to me, that's the Pixar movie of the year, even though I like Soul very much. My number four is a uh, Spanish horror film called The Platform. It's on Netflix. It's, uh, it's about a prison that's in a tall tower. Each cell has a hole in the floor and a table descends from cell to cell that is covered in food. If you're at the top of the prison, you get to eat. If you're at the bottom, you don't. So it's kind of an obvious allegory, but the movie worked really well for me. I saw it right at the beginning of the pandemic. Uh, just really struck a chord with me. Let's see here. My number three is The Trial of Chicago 7. Of the movies I've seen, I think it's the best ensemble of the year. There's six or seven performances in that movie that I just thought were outstanding. And as per usual, Sorkin's writing is just phenomenal. My number two is Never Rarely... Uh, Never really, sometimes always. An important movie. I think it's a movie that should be shown in high schools to, to young men and young women. Um, I couldn't help but think of my nieces while watching the movie and just worrying about the situation we're putting our young women in. Uh, people should see it. My number one movie of the year is Promising Young Woman. It uh, was written and directed by Emerald Fennell. Uh thought it was outstanding it, it's interesting to see a movie that tackles such serious subject matter while being so entertaining and funny at the same time so uh carrie mulligan gives one of my favorite performances of the year an outstanding movie but i understand how it can be divisive okay you gentlemen have named a lot of films and my top five will be a part of what you've already uh, stated, but there's only one film that I would add to that, and that film would be a documentary, Athlete A. Athlete A is a documentary done about the Indianapolis Star investigation that led to massive resignations at USA Olympics. Uh, it, it, it's, if, if you have any journalism background, and maybe I'm a little tilted because of my journalistic background, I'm not sure how Adam would feel about it. It's on Netflix now. It's about a local newspaper owned by a large chain where the editors took a chance and did a major investigation that had national and actually worldwide impact because these athletes were involved in the Olympics. So I would say Athlete Day would be my honorable mention. would highly recommend anybody see it if you have access to Netflix. So here's my top five. A lot of uh, repeats here. And uh, Animal Like This, I actually reconsidered a film that we had reviewed before, because I wasn't as high at first on another round, and I've kind of come around on that. I feel like that's a better film than I gave it credit for the first time, but I watched it again, really, really enjoyed it. So my number five favorite film of the year is Another Round. It's a, a European film about drinking and how it can help you and how it can hurt you. Uh, it's a comedy, but it's also got a lot of serious uh, undertones as well. My number four is The Trial of the Chicago 7. Having lived through that period, and, and uh, I just started in media 
when that trial began, and every day the wire service was filled with stories about this trial, and I followed it as carefully as anybody could in real time. I do believe that that film captured what people were thinking at that time, and and, and uh, Adam is right. Those men should never have been tried for those crimes, and appeals courts later made that decision, and after that, appeals court overturned all of their convictions and ordered new trials. No prosecutor would touch it again. That tells you something right there. So number four was trial of Chicago 7. Number three for me was The Assistant. I, I liked it a lot more. I mean, it's, I think you both of you have given it credit for being a good film. Uh, it's a little slow. It's a little artsy. But it tells a very important story about this young woman who competes with hundreds of other people to get this low-paying job, but it's with a big production company in Hollywood. Well, it's in New York, but a lot of the work is done in Hollywood. And, uh, you know, it's it's the classic story of a man abusing women. Now, she's not being abused, but she's seeing other women being abused. And what she goes through to try to bring it to somebody's attention with no success, I think, tells an important story for uh, today. That was number three. From number two, for me, was Mank. I liked it a lot better than I think either one of you did. Uh, I think uh, Alec liked it. I think Adam was kind of liked it, but not quite as much. Uh, Mank, the problem, if there's any problem with Mank, is that it's probably not historically correct, that maybe Mankiewicz had less to do with the writing of Citizen Kane uh, than the film would tell you, but it's still a good story, captures that period in time, uh, and I think uh, uh, because there was such good acting and writing in that film, it was shot in black and white, which it should have been to really capture that period. So I really, really liked Mank. That's my number two. And my number one is Ma Rady's Black Bottom. Um, you know, I love that period of time in the history of music, and uh, this film captures it perfectly. Uh, the acting, as has been mentioned, was spectacular. The directing and the writing were all on target. It's one of those films that everything just seemed to come together. And if it does not get uh, a recognition at the Oscar, at least at the Golden, Golden Globes and then at the Oscars, certainly, I'll be greatly disappointed, not just uh, in that fact, but I'll be disappointed in the Motion Picture Academy for snubbing a film that I think needs a lot of attention. Again, I, there are a lot of these films you've talked about I haven't had a chance to see yet. I've had a lot of things going on, you know, about with coronavirus didn't help and some other things I've been dealing with. So I've got a lot of catching up to do on my movie watching. Some of these films are available to me uh, that I haven't seen and some will be soon. So that's uh, my list. Um, any other comments? Adam, anything you want to add? Uh, how do you think... Uh, 2020 movie-wise stacked up to other years. Personally, I think it's a down year. I know others said, oh, it's still a pretty, really good year for movies. Um, I would tend to disagree. Maybe I didn't see as much, but I actually saw, you know, quite a bit of new releases, and um, it felt like a lot of things were pushed back, held, and uh, there'll be some good movies that are coming out much later. Um there's one what's uh it's a story of the uh kind of the black panthers uh it, the uh that's going to be an oscar contender i'm going to do the title judas and the black messiah judas and the black messiah 
Does that count as a 2021 movie or a 2020 movie? It's, it's kind of confusing. It's 2021. But, but it's eligible for Oscars. Oscars pushed back their deadline. Okay. Because uh, their ceremony is not going to be until like April or so. But um, I'm they, very excited for that film. It looks excellent. It, it used to be you had to just sneak some. <laughs> okay. Sorry, the dogs. <laughs> we'll uh, let you handle that. Uh, yeah, but to answer your question, if I can, I mean, I as far as how, again, I haven't seen every film, so it's a little hard to tell, but from what yeah. I've seen, I would say it's considering it's a pandemic year and what you mentioned, a lot of good films were put off until later. Uh, I thought it was a an average year, and, and that's saying a lot for a pandemic year. Uh, Alec, what do you think? What we saw was pretty solid. Mm -hmm. It's not the best year. It's not like 1999 or 2007 or anything, but especially stuff out there. If you're a fan of the big summer releases, then you were definitely were disappointed in 2020. Um, We saw uh, in the spring and summer, we saw A Quiet Place 2. We saw the new James Bond movie, new Fast and the Furious. Um, All of that pushed back to 2021. Uh, Marvel movies. We were supposed to get two this year, um, right? Am I correct? We're supposed I think, to get uh, Black, Black Widow, Widow and, and probably in Humans as well. Yeah, both of those were or the Eternals or whatever they're called. Or, yeah, sorry. Yeah, both Thank of you. those were supposed to come out this year. Both have been pushed back. Um, the really the only big summer blockbuster movie we got was Wonder Woman 1984, and that was obviously a disappointment. Uh, we did get Mulan and we did get Soul, and those would have done very well at the box office, both domestically and internationally, had it not been a pandemic year. But um, if you're a fan of the, the big summer popcorn movies, then obviously 2020 would be down for you. I want to say one quick thing here. Uh, we uh, we were hoping the Can-Can Theater, a new independent film uh, venue was going to open uh, just northeast of downtown Indianapolis. They have not opened yet. They're, they're, I'm, I'm on their email list. They're constantly streaming films and promoting themselves, which is good to see. They still plan on opening when they feel it's safe to do so. But we have another film uh, venue that has just opened recently, uh, and that's on the north end of Massachusetts Avenue, or Mass Ave, as people call it, in downtown Indy. It's called the Bottle Works Complex, and as part of that, there's a living room cinema there. And they are showing films right now, uh, so it is open. I'm sure with all the re- they have to deal with all the restrictions that all the other open movie theaters uh, have to deal with. So uh, it's good to see a film theater open in this environment. They feel that uh, uh, not opening right away would be a bad idea, since that whole bottle works, which is like uh, restaurants and other venues there, and that old Coca-Cola bottling plant. Uh, which had had been a bus, I think it was a bus uh, center for IPS schools for a while, and and now that has been transformed into an entertainment center. So um, I have not been to the Bottle Works. Uh, I'm anxious when able to do so that I will. Um, any thoughts on on those two theaters? Let me start with Alec. I'd like to go to Bottle Works. It's uh, hard for me to justify it when I can pay my twenty dollars a month and just go to the AMC down the road, but. Uh, I would like to check it out, and I'd like to see the other uh, businesses in that facility, too. Um, I don't know a whole lot about Can-Can. Other, I think it was going to serve food, and they're showing indie films. I, I'd like to check it out when they're when they're up and running. Um, I was disheartened to see that the uh, IMAX at the State Museum is closing for the time being. Um, I hope they get back on their feet. 
soon. And uh, I always like visiting that facility. Adam, your thoughts? I think you're on mute, buddy. I think, we're on I, think mute. It's a hard, I think it's a hard time for uh, any new business to open restaurant or movie theater. Uh, probably movie theaters more than restaurants because at least restaurants can do carry out. Um, I did see that there are some independent theaters that are doing uh, streaming options. Uh, that's where uh, I was able to watch another round uh, before it was on VOD by uh, paying $12 and streaming it from uh, an independent arts theater, which secured those rights. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's hard. Um, I hope that there's enough people to keep them going, um, but it will be a difficult start for those theaters. Okay, well, we're hoping for the best as far as the movie theater business is concerned for 2021 as vaccinations roll out. Hopefully people will feel better about coming to the theaters and some of the restrictions can be eased as we get further into the year. That's the hope. And uh, if that's the case, uh, some of these theaters that are closed, like the Regals, uh, the old Goodrich Theater in uh, Hamilton Town Center, which uh, has not reopened yet because it's uh, still in the bankruptcy proceedings. Nobody is as I understand it, has bought that theater unless something's happened recently. So we hope the best for that. But looking at 2021, I did a, a quick check on some of the movies that are scheduled to come out for 2021. I'm just going to give you a few of them. There are so many, I couldn't list them all. Here are just a few that seem to be interesting. One is The first one I saw is called The United States versus Billie Holiday. Billie Holiday, one of the greatest jazz singers in, in the history of that genre of music, but she you know, was on the road a lot, and what happens then is you often pick up a drug problem. She had a drug problem, and, and she had some legal issues, and I think this film's going to zero in on that. Another one is called The Many Saints of Newark. As I understand it, this is like a prequel to The Sopranos, uh, what you know, the Sopranos taking that story and, and going back on it. So that should be interesting to see how that works out. One that's coming out in 2021. We've known about this for a while. No time to die. Daniel Craig once again, as James Bond, pushed off into 2021. Supposed to have been 2020. Here's one that might be interesting. The name of the film is Bios, B-I-O-S, and it's Tom Hanks playing a a computer engineer, and he creates this lifelike robot. I can't remember the name of the actor that plays the robot, but there'll actually be an actor playing this lifelike robot. So that could be uh, something to watch. And I know my wife is going to want to see this because she loved the original. A Quiet Place Part 2 is coming out sometime in 21. Uh, my wife loved that. It's a pretty scary, it was a scary film. Thinking about what it would be like to... You have to hide, and aliens can hear you, and they can come take, you know, kill you if they hear you. So you have to be perfectly quiet. It's a pretty scary idea for a film. So there will be, will the sequel equal or be uh, at least equal to the first film? That'll be the big question. Speaking of, of of sequels, a Ghostbusters sequel is set to come out. There have been a lot of stops and starts on the whole Ghostbuster sequel thing. Uh, there was one proposal for an all-female cast, or at least all-female uh, cast in the lead uh, roles, and uh, they've stopped and started. Well, this one apparently is coming out. It's called Ghostbusters Afterlife, so we'll, uh, we'll keep an eye on that. Now, Jordan Peele, one of, a director who I think has earned his 
has earned his reputation with Get Out. He has a new film coming out called Candyman. It's a scary one. That's all I know about that. Then he's only producing that. He's not directing. He's it. not directing that one. He, but well, I think he I, might have had, had a hand in writing it, but he's certainly not directing it. A woman named uh, Nia DaCosta directed it. You're right. I, what I saw was he would be writing. So that's uh, thanks for correcting me. I know he was involved in it. He but, is for but sure. The, uh, as as writer, that's obviously a pretty big involvement. So he's not directing it, but he is writing it. So he's very involved in this film, Candyman. Then there's one that's been uh, very much anticipated, Dune. And Timothy Chalamet is going to be one of the uh, actors involved in Dune. I was a a big Dune fan. I mean, the first time around, it was okay, but I and a lot of people absolutely loved that film. I, I can't say I did, and that was a long time ago. So Hollywood has waited a long time to bring it back. Obviously, they think they've got it right this time. We shall see. Another film coming out this year: Nightmare Alley. This is a Guillermo del Toro film. Always looking forward to that. And a remake of West Side Story. It is going, and Steven Spielberg is involved in this film. The only thing I'll say about that is that they're going to remake West Side Story. Don't mess it up. <laughs> the original was just fine with me. There's only one film I saw on that list I'm really not looking forward to. And that's, yes, they're going to have a sequel after all these years. 1986 was the first one. We've waited all this time for a sequel, Top Gun, Maverick. So Tom is back again. Doesn't look like he's aged a bit, right, since 1986. Um, Kelly McGillis will not be in it playing the the female lead. It will be Jennifer Connelly playing the love interest of Maverick in, in, in this film. He has been promoted, but his rival is like promoted above him, so that's part of the story. I'm not terribly, I was not a big fan of the original Top Gun film, um, so I'm hoping this will be better. I'll give it a fair chance, but I'm not, you know, how should I put it? How not many actually. Times are they going to play Kenny Loggins' Danger Zone in uh, the new one? Cause, not uh, enough. All the K Log we can get. All right, so gentlemen, you've already started that, so I'll, Adam started it. Uh, any comments on those films or any others that uh, you're looking forward to? If Tom Cruise is going to take one of his older movies and do a sequel where he's the guy mentoring it, I think we need, a, a, a to end the trilogy, we need a sequel to The Color of Money, where he is now mentoring the young... He would be in the Paul Newman role this time, and then you get another guy. Think about it. It would just go generation to generation. That one would work. I would watch that movie for sure. Well, as long as <laughs> I, it, they could screw that up, too, you know, if you give the Hollywood a chance. But, yeah, it's a good idea for a film. I would agree with that. Uh, so, Adam, anything else on new films that you're aware of or any of the ones that I mentioned that I'm looking forward to? So the Black Widow, that's coming out next year uh, for the MCU, or at least tentatively, depending on how. This year. It's 2021 now, dude. (laughs) After that, it hasn't been a great start to 2021. Okay, you're you're wanting to hit the rewind button. I got you. Exactly. Um, So, but the interesting thing is, in those movies, um, the, you have to watch Disney Plus's new uh, WandaVision. It's supposed to tie into a lot of these films coming up. Maybe not so much Black Widow, but they say down the road, uh, the new Doctor Strange and all of these films. Uh, now, in order to understand what's going on, you're going to have to watch the TV series in addition to the movies. 
That one comes out January 15th on Disney Plus. WandaVision with uh, Scarlet Witch and uh, Vision uh, kind of carrying on that saga. Um, I, like I mentioned before, Judas and the Black Messiah is coming out and should be uh, nominated in some Oscar categories. Uh, I really like the actors involved. Um, interestingly enough, there was a little controversy because Daniel Kaluuya, uh, who was in Get Out, I know uh, both of you were big fans of that uh, movie, uh, he is a British actor who's playing an American civil rights icon in Fred Hampton. And so some people are upset about that the same way that Cynthia Erivo was playing Harriet Tubman or David Ayelowo was playing Martin Luther King. Um, should they have an American play the American hero? I don't care. It's acting. Um, I mean, it would be different if it was Ryan Gosling playing Fred Hampton. But as long as... <laughs> I agree with that one, yes. I, I do think that's interesting. This, that, I don't, I'll let Alec get in on this too, but this whole idea of should American actors play American icons, uh, that's, you know, I mean, look who played Richard Nixon, okay? It wasn't an American actor. Uh, so uh, I don't know if that makes us... I'm really more interested, I think with Adam on this, did the actor do a good job? It's not so much if they're American or not. Although I think if I was a producer and a director, I would want to give an American actor at least a shot at that role. You have to understand that when they're, you're making a film, there are so many pieces that have to come together. One of it is, are the actors available that I want when I want to shoot the film. They may be off doing something else. So uh, there's a lot involved in who gets cast. Alec, if your thoughts? Margaret, on, I'm sorry, go if ahead. Meryl, if Meryl Streep can play Margaret Thatcher, then the British person can play an American icon. They can well, go back and forth. Yeah, I mean, that's an argument you can make. So, Alec, uh, you weigh in on this. I don't have so much of an issue when it's a geographic uh, element to it. It's more like I find it more problematic, say, if a straight guy is playing a trans woman or something. That's where where issues kind of come into play. But if it's a British person who's black playing a black American they're the best person for the role. They're the best person for the role. It's fine. But that's interesting because there, uh, there have been issues when a straight actor or actress plays a gay part. That's been a controversy as well as with the racial issues. So, but yet I, I, I kind of go back to this. I think if the film is good, then, you know, everybody forgets about all that. Uh, right now, I mean, good, they might not cast Al Pacino inside of a woman because he's not actually blind. Or maybe people were offended because Riz Ahmed's playing a deaf dude and he's not actually deaf. They're actors. They're playing a role. This okay. is a business. You're going to sell a movie with Al Pacino, not with just some blind guy you find or whatever. I will say, though, if you're going to have an American play a British person, they should have uh, at least a better British accent than Dick Van Dyke and Mary Poppins. As long <laughs> as it's better than that, then I think that's all right. I mean, let's be honest. Uh. Most actors from England are probably better than most actors from America. Well, there you can make that argument. I mean, I think that some would argue the other way, but uh, Britain has always ha has had that theater industry for so long. It is it is uh, much more uh, traditional than than ours. Okay, gentlemen, uh, I think that wraps up everything I had planned to offer today. So I'm going to give you one last chance to take a shot at whatever you like to do, and I will have Alec. Any other comments? Any other uh, any other things you want to talk about before we wrap this up? I may throw out a few more movies coming out in 2021 uh, that I'm excited for. I'm, I'm really pumped for Coming to America, the sequel to uh, Coming to America. 
Uh, it's a reunion of Eddie Murphy and Craig Brewer, who directed him in one of my favorite movies in 2019, Dolomite Is My Name. I uh, think it looks really fun. I'm a huge fan of the first movie. Excited for that. Um, I did want to mention that the... Uh, which movie was it? Um, the, the singer movie that you were mentioning earlier? Oh, Billy Holiday, you mean? The Billy Holiday movie. Thank you. Uh, that... I guess just was announced it's going to be premiering on Hulu as opposed to in theaters. I just saw this news story the other day. Um, one interesting facet of the many saints of Newark, uh, James Gandolfini's son, Michael is going to be playing young Tony Soprano in the movie. So I'm very much looking forward to that. Uh, there's an actor also that I know Adam and I are big fans of, uh, Alessandro Nivola, a very underrated actor is going to be playing, uh, Dickie Moltisanti, Christopher Moltisanti's father in the movie. So, that's what I'm certainly looking out for. Well, so we have to look forward to 2021 in, in a positive way as best we can. So, Adam, any final thoughts on, on anything? Well, I guess now isn't the time to cancel any of your streaming, streaming subscriptions because uh, although theaters will be opening up and more things should come out in 2021, especially with the vaccine, uh, it seems like movie theaters will probably continue releasing things on streaming simultaneously. Both Disney and Warner Brothers have announced some of their strategies for the year. Um, Disney is releasing a ton of content on Disney Plus, many of it um, streaming only. Uh, but in some options, the next Pixar movie, uh, I think it's called Raya and the Dragon or something, um, that will be similar to Mulan, where you can be able to rent it early uh, if you don't feel like going to the theaters. You can, uh, and then later, I'm sure it'll be on Disney Plus. Warner Brothers announced that almost all of their movies will be simultaneous with the theaters uh, on their HBO Max streaming service. That includes many of the ones we mentioned. Dune, uh, a follow-up to Suicide Squad, also called... This one... This, this is great, Larry. So the first one was called Suicide Squad. You know what they named the sequel, right? I don't know, but I know you'll tell me. The Suicide Squad. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I'm really excited for that movie. James Gunn's a really good filmmaker, and it's an interesting cast. I think that movie's going to be a blast. So, and then we also got a new Batman movie coming out sometime. Maybe not in 2021. I think it's coming out in 2022. Yeah. So, so um, the first Batman movie ever with Michael Keaton was called Batman. This one's called The Batman. And uh, so I think that's just the new trend on these sequels. Just take the name, and uh, I can't wait to see The Soul uh, a sequel to Soul, and uh, the I don't know I, I'm running out of this. This joke's dying. This isn't a new thing. They made the Wolverine like multiple years ago. So they yeah, did go, do that. Go online and and just search for certain movie titles, and you'll find some have been used over and over again. So yes, you're all, and you don't even have to put a the in front of it to make a difference. Sometimes they're the same actual name of the film and it, I'm not sure how they get away with that copyright wise but it, it's... it did that with the Fast and Furious it was the first one was The Fast and the Furious mm -hmm. and then they had a sequel that was just Fast and Furious where they just took out the thes and uh, yeah they had a lot of fun with those Fast and Furious uh, sequel names I, I think there's probably a guy whose full time job is to come up with crazy titles for whatever their new Fast and Furious movies are called that would be an awesome job I wish that were my job I am really anxious to get back to movie theaters uh, because of my age and having gone through COVID, I've kind of stayed away, but I'm anxious to go back. I'm anxious to actually experience the movie theater experience. 
although some of the streaming I've seen has not been bad. Uh, that's kind of the way I prefer to see a film. So we'll stream until we, we can get into the movie theaters. I am looking forward. There are a lot of good films I have mentioned and that you too have also added for 2021. Gentlemen, I am confident it's going to be a better year. You think so, Adam? Oh, can't be any worse. <laughs> and uh, Alec, your thoughts on the coming year? Even though the sixth was frustrating, there was good news that day, too. I was happy to see the, the results of the Georgia runoff elections and proud of Stacey Abrams and all the hard work she put in. Um, I've already started reviewing some movies from 2021. Uh, they're up at Grade A Movies. I reviewed two movies this week, one called American Dream, the other called Redemption Day. So you can check those out and get started on your 2021 viewing. And all you need to do to read the uh, actual film reviews by Adam and by Alec is to go to gradeamovies.com. Just bunch it all together, gradeamovies.com, and you'll find all their material there. And each of them also do some contributing work uh, to the film, yeah. Com. Uh, so I would recommend both of those websites if you love film and want to get some ideas as to what critics think of films you are considering. So, gentlemen, thank you very much. Always great to, to have this discussion. We'll be back again soon. This is, again, the GreatAMovies.com podcast. I'm Larry Lannon, and on behalf of Adam Austin and Alec Toombs, I ask everyone to please be safe and be kind.